0: Welcome to another episode of the Curiosity and Consciousness podcast with me, Karen Maloney. Today's guest is Julie Williams, who is a scientist and healer. Julie combines her love for science together with her extensive training in natural and sacred healing arts for a powerful combination with a heart-based approach. By working with each body within our matrix, her consciousness medicine work promotes deep and lasting change on all levels of being, physical, emotional, emotional. Energetic, ancestral, and spiritual. She developed this work after receiving a university degree in biological sciences, working for many years in medical and biotechnology research. She worked her way up in the business world, eventually, reaching the pinnacle of a senior management position running part of a multi billion dollar business. This afforded her the luxury of exploring her own spirituality and personal growth through workshops, retreats and training courses all over the world with many leaders in the field. Julie has trained in over 20 different healing modalities including quantum healing, family constellations, neuro-linguistic programming, shamanism, massage, yoga, chakra healing and intuitive arts she combines her sacred healing arts experience with solid scientific principles to identify the source of the issue and harness the power of consciousness to heal. Julie currently resides in Ireland where she has a one-to-one practice in her holistic centre. This was such a fun and informative conversation with Julie. She is so knowledgeable in all the different healing modalities that she has trained in and also through her own life experience as well. We spoke about so many different concepts and Julie, explains to us um, about quantum physics, whole person healing, human being versus human doing and the importance of trust and self-care. So I think there is something for everyone in this conversation. Okay, so welcome Julie. I am so excited to talk to you today, all things quantum healing and consciousness medicine and to learn more about your amazing work. So thank you for joining me. Oh, wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thanks. So, why don't you, I suppose, tell us a little bit first about your background and kind of how you you came to this work?
1: Sure, I'd love to. I was educated as a scientist, a geneticist, uh, really because I wanted to go to medical school. So I went into pre med and you know university study, and yet when I got there. And I was doing my studies, I thought, mm, something this doesn't seem to really be the whole person kind of healing that I mm. want to be doing from, from a medical perspective. So yes. long story short in there, I just changed my major and just came out with a degree in biology and did research for a long time in pharmaceuticals and biotech. In that kind of corporate America world, and um, which was great, you know, it was I had some you know amazing times and helping the world, if you will, with my scientific knowledge by helping to create you know better methods for for healthcare and things. And that also allowed me to to do my own spiritual journey, my own personal growth work, having having a nice comfortable salary and you know all of that. Yep. So <laughs> took helps. a lot of a lot of workshops, a lot of retreats. And my own personal growth process at the same time as I was um, working my way up through the ladder, really, of um, of that sort of that sort of career and reached the pinnacle of that, of, you know, what we would call. Well, what traditionally what we might call success, you mm-hmm. know, big house, shiny car, you know, it, lots of money, you know, recognition, publication, scientifically, all of this career success. Yet there was this part of me that wasn't truly happy. Mm. And it was through that growth process of aligning myself to my own truth, uh bringing spirituality into the into the workplace, you know how can I live and have this career in you know traditional corporate America, but still be a spiritual being, still be a being that you know wants to continue to grow and connect in with my truth and authenticity mm. and that became increasingly difficult
0: <laughs> as, it, as it does
1: <laughs> as it does, yeah. So, I started to think, okay, let's make this shift out of corporate and what I'd like to do, you know, because in the meantime, I I trained in so many different kinds of modalities and certifications from, you know, NLP, that's a big part of my toolbox, Mm. neuro linguistic programming. And these are things that really changed my life. Yeah, NLP and the family constellation work, which is ancestral healing, the energetic modalities, there's a variety of those, you know, shamanism to massage, all the different bodies I was studying. How do, how do I work with the different bodies, the physical, emotional, energetic, ancestral, and spiritual, as I was working my own bodies, my own yeah. matrix of bodies. So I thought, okay, let us I'd love to make this into a practice, take all of these different trainings and put them together into one, you know, one-stop shop, if you will. And yeah. then I knew that I wanted to, you know, be able to, earn a living from that, be able to work my passion, eventually be able to teach. I had this dream. Yeah. So, uh, fast forward, you know, about five years from when that dream came into mind, I've manifested it. So left the corporate world with a great, you know, package of being (laughs) paid for about six months salary. Um, so I could go off and explore that and, and build up my clientele, which showed up in Ireland. So uh, I brought all of those different modalities together and instead of practicing them, you know, for example, example NLP is a talk therapy and the, you know, shamanic work might be a meditative. I wanted to bring it together into how can a certain presence or consciousness, how can I shift realities with my presence and consciousness? How can I transform? How can I heal? Um, and how can I help people connect with that mind-body connection that we all have in place. And that's how this work got born out of that, Um, really bringing it all together and finding that, uh, I call it kind of a meditative state or um, a state of being rather than a doing that Mm -hmm. promotes transformation where I noticed these different healing modalities. It would seem to me where the true healing or transformation took place was the same place. Independent of what doorway you walked into it from, there was a a similar place where this transformation happened. So that's where I got into looking at it from that quantum physics perspective, because quantum physics comes in and starts to explain what we've known to be true with these subtle energy, you know, therapies and things for a long time and, you know, traditional science and it just breaks the rules of, you know, the Newtonian model and the quantum model is what consciousness follows, more of the that versus the Newtonian, which is what our body follows. And just became this whole exploration of this bridge between how do we harness the power of consciousness to yeah. shift realities back into balance and harmony, to release these disturbances and these things that block us from engaging with life fully. What? yeah Um, yeah, so now I do the practice and I have a a holistic center and run retreats and do teachings and all over the world and just
0: I'm so happy (laughs) with my life (laughs) oh my god um that is just so incredible and so fascinating and so many things you touched on there I'm like oh I want to ask about that I want to ask about that I want (laughs) to ask about that um I find it so fascinating and definitely want to touch on lots of different things I suppose maybe um just some of the last things you mentioned there before getting into to some of the different healing modalities, quantum physics, you know, for a lot of people that will kind of go over their heads. So how at the most basic level would you describe kind of quantum physics and how it affects us as individuals and how it plays a part in, in life?
1: Well, essentially, quantum physics is a science, very simply put, uh, about things that we cannot see. Right. Mm -hmm. So these things that are subatomic, right, that are just energetic and potential. Mm -hmm. Right. When we look at, you know, the basic molecules that our physical body is made up of, they're made up of, of, you know, cells that contain, you know, atoms and in the nucleus, there's a bit of mass, you know, and those sorts of things that orbit around each other. Yeah. When you're talking about quantum physics, there's no kind of mass involved. It's just pure potential or energy or waves, of potential energy. So, and it's smaller than the eye can see. So Mm -hmm. it's a science of probabilities versus certainties, which is what Newtonian science on the other side of that is. It's what we can see with certainty and reproduce becomes scientific fact. When you go into the quantum frame, it becomes about probabilities and things that you can't see and and potentials, which is so much more expansive to to what we can even conceive of.
0: Absolutely. I love that word potential. And like that, it exists in all of us in absolute leaps and bounds. But, you know, the process of uncovering it and finding it is part of the journey. And, you know, not everyone takes that journey. So that's just fascinating. And I suppose when you were in, you know, making the shift from the corporate world and, you know, making that transition and deciding to, to leave it and to follow something that was kind of sparking inside yourself obviously that's a really scary thing to do um so what were some of the steps that you took that kind of helped you to make that transition
1: yeah that's a great question because it does take a lot of courage Mm. and you know I think that you know the courage to make the change just jump off the cliff if you will is one kind of courage but Mm -hmm. to stick with it and trust that you're actually going to be able to manifest what it is that you want I think is yeah. even the harder part.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can relate so, as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So
1: one of the main things that I really did was I focused on the what of what I wanted. You know, In my NLP training, they teach you get the desired state, the picture of the future version of you, what does it look like, taste like, feel like, smell like, what are you thinking, right? Really get that picture really strong to bring that into manifestation. Um, I didn't quite know. I knew kind of... The qualities of it. I didn't have a super clear picture, but I knew the whats of it. For example, I wanted to have a flexible schedule. I wanted to be able to travel. I wanted mm. to be able to, you know, earn a living from doing my one-to-one work. I wanted to be able to bring, you know, the trainings that I had together into something that was um, useful and that people would want. Um, I would find joy from that. You know, all of these kind of the what of the lifestyle did I want? And I really sat in a. I did a lot of meditation in. The heart space is what I call it. So just meditating at the frequency of the heart chakra, which is a vibrational energy. And that frequency of energy can clear any disturbances and bring harmony. So as you sit with your desires in that heart space, it's a direct line to the co-creationship with the universe of saying Mm -hmm. this is what I want and the what's of it. Because once we get into the thinking of hows, that's where we get stopped. Like, oh, but how would I do that? Like, how am I (laughs) going to, you know, like, oh, or if we start to figure out the hows, the universal, you know, universe says, oh, she got it figured out. She doesn't need my help. Like, (laughs) let her get to it. So it was really being staying with the what's of it and, you know, seeing how that, that manifested in the end. I was thrilled with it because it was greater than I could have imagined, yeah. right? At the time, I was living in California. If you told me then that I would be living in Ireland, have my center and you know, do my work, I would say, you're crazy. What yeah. are you talking about, <laughs> right? But because I stayed with the what's of it and really worked on that, it was able to, to grow and manifest into something that I probably never would have, you know, come forward in my mind as a very goal-oriented person. This is yeah. what I want. I'm going to get it. Um, so That's having necessary. a bit of that open for what the outcome is going to be, but at the same time, be very clear with the message that you're sending yeah. out and where you're sending it from, not sending it from a place of fear. Yeah. Because if we get locked into fear, the universe isn't going to listen to that. It's like, Oh, you know, she's in fear. Maybe let's, let's have a little growth there before, yeah. <laughs> before we you know bring her to the next state <laughs> versus a place of full presence and heart centeredness. And you're asking from things from that place. Yes, yes, yes. That's co-creationship right there.
0: That is just so, so powerful. And I think so important for people to um, bear in mind as well, myself included. Like when I was kind of making, you know, leaving the corporate world per se, like it absolutely terrified me. But I knew I just knew in my gut, in my center, in my higher being that it was the right decision, although I had absolutely no idea in one sense what was going to happen or how it was going to happen. But like you say, I had a really, really strong picture and vision of where I was meant to be and what I was meant to be doing. So I think it's really important, you know, to to kind of tell people that that's normal and just, you know, to tune in. And you really do need to just kind of trust as well and just, I suppose, get out of the thinking mind a bit as well and just open up and get curious about what's showing up and what's presenting. Because honestly, I think that's half the bigger picture at the end of the day or the the surprise element that it generally always works out even better than we could have planned ourselves from our thinking mind um but it does it does take you know that step and that tuning in and just kind of being present with yourself like you said and keeping yeah, and that, that trust that strong yeah that strong picture in yeah. that trust and i love as well how you mentioned before you know the human being versus human doing Like, I think so many of us fall into the trap of being human doings where we get so caught up in our thinking mind and, like, you know, what needs to happen needs to happen, like X, Y, and Z, and this way. And this is the only way that it can happen. Whereas, again, it's that trust, that letting go bit that, you know, we need to be more present, become a human being more so as well. And that's when, you know, like you say, kind of the magic unfolds as well. And some of these ideas and things that you'd never have thought about do come.
1: Yes, you're exactly right. Yeah, Yeah. more being and and less doing. And I think that we've all nurtured that doing part. I was that in corporate America, I was very successful, you know, a timeline, everything lands on that. That's great. I'll do it. I have milestones, I can achieve those. Um, And that's still a useful skill. Yet now being still and allowing more being and then when I need the turbo boost, I can bring the doing in.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I suppose it's like that. It's the awareness first of all and just having that balance like knowing um that it works from both aspects or I suppose even knowing like a lot of people um would even think you know even the likes of all these kind of healing modalities and family constellations and well maybe not NLP but shamanism or um different energy healings you know often people can associate them with like kind of airy fairy or kind of hoping on a wing and a prayer more so Mm -hmm. than actually scientific principles as well. And I love that you combine them both. You combine these, you know, sacred healing modalities with solid scientific principles. So can you explain a little bit about the link?
1: Yeah, the, the quantum physics really allows us to be able to make that bridge because it is a science that's been proven about the unseen factors, you know, Mm. and, you know, for example, just because you can't see gravity, or you can't see wind, we know it exists. Yeah, right. So it's that kind of being able to have these scientific principles that make the unseen aspects uh, plausible, and, you know, measurable, and have some take it out of that, you know, I call it the crystally jingly or the airy fairy and really ground it into something scientific. So, you know, if you look at, you know, shamanism is an interesting one, because if you look at the history of healing, for example, right? So back to the the beginnings of where we first, you know, went from, you know, walking upright as homo sapiens, which they've um, tracked the DNA through the mitochondrial DNA for the, you know, Eve, basically mitochondrial Eve to Africa. So, you know, if you look at the Sands tribe, which is where they, you know, find these DNA links of where the original Homo sapiens come from, they are known for their shamans, amongst other things, they're hunters and gatherers, but they also had shamans, which were the healers, Mm. and they looked at illness as part of, you know, a spiritual aspect, something in the spirit or something in you know, the unseen was not okay. And that's what was causing these, you know, issues with health. So... It's somehow along the line with traditional medicine coming in and, the, you know, uh, the, the Newtonian model where it's only what we can see. We've lost sight of this, yeah. that there's also energetic models and spiritual models in our health and well-being. And so now quantum physics that, that comes in, it allows us to be able to re these unseen factors. And I do it from a healing perspective of, hey, look, like way before medicine was on the table though, yeah. as we know it today. We have, you know, all of these energetic, you know, acupuncture, all of these things that have a really long history, yeah. you know, but somehow they get a bit swept away. So I love that, you know, we can now, I like to base that in science as well and show people, look, what what we're talking about in quantum physics is what we've been observing, yeah. you know, clinically for hundreds of years, you know, if not yeah. longer, thousands of years.
0: Thousands of years. Yeah, I think so in, in those mm-hmm. healing modalities and and now I think more than ever you know it's even more important that we kind of invite in these ancient modalities again along with modern medicine you know what we know now because it does have a place but absolutely it's not the be all and end all you know like you say illness hits on so many different levels and you know modern medicine is often it's an acute treatment it's treating a symptom but like you say we're, we're a whole person there are so many more levels and that you know, there needs to be more communication between the two and a more kind of complementary, I think, treatment as well when treating people because we can see, you know, illness is just increasing, increasing and increasing. Um, So it's not necessarily working per se, just the the modern way. And how, is, how has your experience of that been? Because obviously you studied, I suppose, traditional medicine per se initially, but for you it didn't hit that whole person healing so how how do you see them kind of working together
1: well you've you've labeled it exactly i think the way i see it as well that they're complementary mm. it's you know they often talk about them as alternative but that suggests one or the other and yeah it's the complement of them you know the, you know medicine has a really important place you know we are biochemistry and physiology yeah. our physical bodies and so being able to alter those states you know with these you know physical uh, you know, medical treatments are really valuable. It's also then expanding to you know, from the quantum perspective, there's a few principles that I leverage bringing into the healing modality, um, where we can leverage leverage those principles. And one of them is that you know, in the, from the quantum frame, there's no linear time frame. So everything exists in its entirety in every moment, mm-hmm. either as a particle of reality. Or a wave of potential, and so it opens up the door of what we can actually treat and what we can get access to when we can work with anything that has a potential other reality, if you will, out there. Uh, and then, you know, whether it's a, you know, energetic disturbance or ancestral entanglement or even a physical limitation that perhaps the yeah. medical model can't quite get answers to, uh, we can we can leverage the state of, of consciousness to really reweight the probabilities is what i call it so in the quantum reality whatever has the highest probability is what shows up in reality the mm-hmm. wave particle duality einstein's nobel prize uh, kind of work right wave particle duality it exists as a particle in reality or a wave of potential so i bring that into the frame of the particle a reality can be a physical you know health issue it could be emotional distress it can be you know whatever it is that's the part particle of reality that's showing up here for the person or whatever it is the situation around that ex- exists an infinite number of potential of other possibilities just by the nature of what quantum quantum physics says so how can we take another potential that's in wave form and drop that into particle form and let that be true in this physical reality so yeah. um, so this is the 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 border of where I'm walking with this work of the being, yeah? Being on that that edge between where is infinite potential versus what is manifesting in reality and opening up that doorway for something that's more harmonious and balanced to come in as a particle of reality versus something that causes distress or or, um, ill health or well-being
0: in that way. Wow, fantastic. Um, And I love that you know, in your website and everything as well, you use consciousness medicine. Um, I think that's just really, really powerful. I just love the word consciousness anyway. Say, for example, what kind of people then would show up to you or what would a session maybe look like for a person? Because often I think, you know, people can get scared as well, go, oh, that's not for me or I don't know about it or, you know, I'll just stick to what I know or what someone else did. Kind of how would it it look?
1: Well, in general, because as unique as the individual is that's one of the reasons I love to do my work is it's never the same twice (laughs) which is great so um, but really what I'm doing is I'm looking at you know the matrix of bodies so we have a physical body we have you know an energetic body that can be measured you know vibrationally there's an emotional body we can also you know measure that ancestral and spiritual bodies so when somebody comes in you know and i'll work with with anything you know on any of those from anywhere from severe illness to somebody who wants to get their thesis done to improve relationships to fertility everything oh, fantastic. right across the board and I t- yes exactly because whatever's showing up in their world i can get kind of underneath it right when you get to that quantum level you're going well to the source of things you're going underneath okay what's what's actually happening in their life, but, but what's, what's the source, what's, what's going yes. on yeah. well beneath. So people will often show up with a list of things and go, oh, I have a list, maybe I go, give me the whole list, right? Cause I want to <laughs> hear the whole thing so I can get a theme yes. yeah? and get that piece. Ah, okay. This is what's going on. Right. So, so it's a little bit of talk. We have a chat of, you know, what they're wanting to work on either. What's, you know, what they have that they don't want or what they want that they don't have works both ways. Uh, And then I just sit in that state of being, and with my awareness, I will get an idea for, okay, well, what's going on here? Is there a disturbance in one of the energy centers? Um, Is there a limiting belief that's involved? Is there an ancestral entanglement? Mm -hmm. And it's in that being with the person and holding that greatest potential of life that their life can be. And I don't know that, right? Their Mm -hmm. system's the only one that knows that, so I'm holding the space for that. And while I'm holding the space for that, the information will come through of, okay, well, this entanglement needs to be released, or this belief needs to be revised, or this energy center needs to be cleared. And then that's the sort of, quote, doing part of it, bringing then my skills from the toolbox in of, you know, then how do we release those, those components? So, wow. so there's a little bit of talk that involves in the session, but most of it I, I have people just lay on the table. Yeah. And I'll hold some points on the head or the shoulders and let them relax from there. So some people just like to, some people will fall into kind of that meditative trance and we will do the work. Some people like to talk through it and, mm-hmm. and know what's going on. So there'll be that exchange. Um, and then we work for about an hour, uh, bring that to a close, integrate, have a little debrief.
0: That's, that's what's, yeah,
1: that's how it goes.
0: Yeah. Oh, just so... So fascinating. And like you say, I love, you know, everyone is so individual as well. And that's why I love, you know, the, the different energy healing modalities as well, because it can adapt. You know, it's your body, your energy field kind of given the information as opposed to, you know, just receiving one type scenario for every single person. Um, you know, and I think there needs to be, again, that kind of two way communication um, for the best healing for everyone.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's an important point that it's it's not me doing the work to you, right? It's me holding the space for your system to be able to shift into yeah. the most harmonious and balanced place. So, uh, you know, that really bringing that forward, you know, the power of that mind body connection, yeah. like the placebo effect, I'm sure you know what yeah. what that is, right? We all have that within us so Absolutely. instead of entrusting a doctor that's going to give us this thing that may or may not make us better but if we believe it's going to work it will work let's go right to the source of that within yeah. all of us and so i'm i re-empowering essentially people to kind of take back the control if you will or the empowerment over yes. their own systems to bring forward that harmony
0: yeah and that's that's definitely powerful and we all need to wake up a little bit more to you know the responsibility that we hold for ourselves um and like there is so much that we can do like we actually do have so much power and our bodies are incredible if we tune in um you know like they say, they have incredible healing powers as well so Again, it comes back to kind of that trust and tuning in and getting to know ourselves to know that actually we do have so much power and potential within us that, you know, it's not always about reaching out, looking out, you know, at the end of the day, there is no silver bullet. There is no magic pill. Nobody, a doctor, nobody can give you a magic pill and you're you're all better. It does take some responsibility and level, you know, of work within ourselves as well to get there. Um, it does, yeah. Yeah, but it's 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 so possible with the right modalities and techniques and tools and just to know that there are so many possibilities out there and I suppose again not to box ourselves in sometimes and just think oh this is the only way Um, just kind of getting curious and see what what's out there I love as well the fact that you mentioned about the ancestral healing well it's only recently I suppose I've kind of been looking more into that. Just explain a little bit, I suppose, to us about kind of the influence or kind of what we carry as well from generations past, just kind of how big that space is.
1: Yeah, and it's very important and sacred space as well. The idea is that just like we inherit our genetics from our ancestors, we also get tangled up in inheriting sufferings of various mm-hmm. various forms. And we do that for a few reasons. It's a deep subconscious pattern, but it keeps us loyal to our family. Mm-hmm. You know, in the family of thieves, the child that does not steal does not belong. Yeah. yeah. So we stay loyal to the suffering to belong to our family because our belonging is, is a, ultimately a survival instinct. No child wow. can raise themselves. They must belong. It's one of those instincts that we have. So in order to survive, we take on the suffering subconsciously in an effort also to try to heal the family, mm. because if we think, you know, if that, that part of us deep within us says, okay, well, dear great, great grandfather or whoever it is, I will be the one that's that lives the suffering that you lived in your, your lifetime so that you never would have had to have suffered. And if you didn't have to suffer, then everybody down generationally will have great lives, including me. My life will be great because there'll be no suffering. Mm. Right? So you, you net, net that together and, we're trying to make our lives better by taking on suffering. Yeah, It's kind of like not really going to work. So this work is developed. It's based on uh, the work of Bert Hallinger, Family Constellation Work. It can be done in a group format. I've adopted it to the one-to-one practice. And the idea is that instead of we're not trying to cut the ties, what we're doing is we're bringing the system back into whole. So anybody in the ancestral past that was excluded, cast out, died young, institutionalized, there's a whole list. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Anybody forgotten about any guilt, any shames, they're excluded from the family soul. Yeah. The wholeness of the family soul. So in order to heal these entanglements, because when there's the holes, that's where we come to plug up those holes and take on the suffering. So when we re-include everybody with full honor and respect, then there's no holes in the system for any of us to have to take on that suffering and then love and life can flow through the family soul as it's, as it's meant to. Sounds powerful. Ah, It's beautiful work. Yeah, it's it's absolutely fantastic. And it's work that changed my life fundamentally. So this is why I'm also so passionate about it. And I'm really, really blessed to be a keeper of this medicine, if you will, that, you know, this, this family constellation work, the ancestral work and, Because what I found in my clinical experience is that no matter how much work that you've done on your personal growth process, until you address the ancestral components and you really release them fully, all of the other work can't integrate to its truest capacity. So that's generally the first place I start with people when I work. You know, we all have ancestors. We all have ancestral entanglements. It's just how we're made up. So. To release those releases the puppet strings that then allows all the other bodies to to land in the present moment to be able to make those choices of what we want moving forward out of love, not fear, which fundamentally is the the way forward, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. And wow, that just like that sounds so powerful. And at the same time, it sounds like, it you know, it, pure common sense. Like it would make sense <laughs> to so kind simple. of, yeah. And often, you know, I think it's funny. I know I do find myself laughing as well sometimes just going, oh yeah, it, it really is so simple. Most of the time we just choose to make things really complex. Um, you know, for people who are interested in doing something like that, do they need to know much about family history or, you know, does the information come to them or kind of what's what's needed to to partake?
1: That's a great question. Yeah, you don't need to know your family history. If you do, that's great. However, the less you know about your family history, the more likely there are to be entanglements there. Mm. Uh, so having not you know having a family history or not can be useful, um, but often we don't have any information, and that's the beautiful thing about the work is we can we can set it up and it will unfold and it will show us what's going on so that we can bring that resolution to the to the family soul.
0: Fascinating. Yeah like I say, definitely something I need to do even at the start of this year I was being pushed to do something um, and once I did it it was only after the fact I don't I was like why why is this coming up I don't understand but anyway I did it and it was only after the fact um, I just got received the information that I had cleared some karmic debt from my ancestors going back you know back in the day I still don't understand what and I was given the year 1792 as well so I'm like now I'm really curious to be like what yeah. is it so I really need to um to do some of that work.
1: That's beautiful and well done you for trusting your intuition in oh. that way and knowing <laughs> I'm not quite sure why I'm walking this path but I know it's important. Oh Julie
0: that's totally so where well I'm at. well done you. Yeah <laughs> that's totally where I'm at I have absolutely no idea but I'm just Trusting and following what feels right. Uh, <laughs> even with the likes of this podcast and everything as well, I'm like, okay, because, you know, the reality is I absolutely exhausted myself the other way in trying and coming from my thinking mind. And I was, you know, thinking I knew best. No, like this is the way it had to be in X, Y, and Z. And I literally just exhausted myself in every way that I kind of, at the end of last year, was like, okay. I give up I give up I give up I trust I follow so that's where I'm at
1: (laughs) good for you and it feels that's an inspiration to many right there so (laughs) thanks for sharing
0: that (laughs) yeah but do you know what as well it feels so much better because I can see now I was just trying too hard as well like I was just totally been blindsided by myself and I was just getting in my own way whereas now I feel like I can breathe again and I'm like okay I'm just going to trust and follow and I know I know one way or another it'll work out the way it's meant to yes,
1: yes. however that and that's is. actually interesting talking about the principles of quantum physics that we leverage here because that explains very nicely one of the other principles uh, which is the harder you try the less likely you are to actually achieve your result um, oh yeah and scientifically you know in a quantum field if you're app- applying sort of pressure across that you're going to create resistance you know it's this whole scientific you know formula that could be written you know several times around the room if we wrote it all out yeah but but I bring that into the the frame of attachment. You know, the more attached we are, are to an outcome. So the more we're trying to do and attach to it, the more resistance we create, right? More The more force we put out there, the more resistance we create because we're tied to one thing of wanting one thing but not wanting another thing, yeah. right? And you've heard that, you know, that uh what we resist persists Absolutely. yeah so it's kind of like we don't want that we don't want that we're resisting it and pushing it away and the beautiful universal healing source looks down and says whoa i think there's a lesson there in that like she doesn't want that maybe we need to kind of <laughs> get her to take a look at that <laughs> in yeah. order to release that pattern right so so to be able to move through without the attachment yeah to it to the outcome and just let it let it be yeah? At the same time we need some some navigation method. I think this is where a lot of us that are on this path sometimes we feel like you know we're navigating this new path without any stars, without any compass, without any mm. lighthouse and it can feel a bit whoa, you know yeah. um so being able to have that inner guidance you know, as you talk about right that that inner guidance of that knowing of yes this is right or no that It doesn't feel right right now and being able to navigate from that place yeah really helps yeah
0: yeah and that um (laughs) yeah you talking about attachment there yeah definitely resonates and when we attach to things we inevitably bring pain on ourselves because again we're Mm -hmm. it's our i call it the thinking mind trying to dictate what's right what's wrong and it's kind of putting conclusions on things one way or another whereas i think even the state of consciousness is more about non-attachment. It's not about attachment or detachment. Then is the other extreme. That's not healthy either. But just the place of kind of non-attachment, where you can observe and kind of notice and see and just be again that that present, that being with yourself, to be able kind of navigate what's what's showing up or um, or hear those those inner messages and that. So yeah. Definitely. And again, that falls into, I suppose, the path of least resistance. You know, you're talking about attachment and that brings up resistance, which it absolutely does. And definitely, I know, I find now that I feel more in the path of least resistance, which is, again, where we're all meant to be and available to us all, but making the decision to get there and trusting is—it's um, the harder part, but it's possible. Yeah. And sticking <laughs>
1: with it, you know. Those are the yeah. moments where we feel very in our flow, and it's yeah. very easy, you know. And sometimes, just as the river, taking lessons from nature, the river flows, but it also eddies, do you yeah. know. Yeah. And sometimes we get spun around in a little eddy, and we don't feel like we're moving forward, and we get impatient, and we go, yes. I'm "Not in
0: my flow, yeah. right?" But, yeah.
1: But that eddy is part of it. We need to just take a breath. We need to regroup. We need to integrate yeah we need to integrate the changes that we've gone through so that we yeah. can then have something moving forward that's going to suit us rather than getting moving forward and then sort of being in the same place that we were
0: yeah. in the
1: past because our belief structures from the past for example you know is what we've projected onto the future so we need that that rest time yes. sometimes yeah
0: Absolutely. You know, and you mentioned the river and nature, we generally just need to look at nature more um, and be more in tune. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with, like you say, we need that downtime, that rest, you know, even like winter where kind of nature kind of goes quiet and hibernates a bit ready you know to plant seeds again and ready to bloom you know in spring and I think we just need to model that a bit more as well that we all need a bit of downtime and a bit of recuperation and not constantly go 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 because you know we just end up burning ourselves out and getting stressed and it's and it's interesting as well like when
1: we do what we love for example you know when I switched from I had corporate burnout you know pushing myself and left that and it took a good few months to get free of that burnout and then once I started doing what I loved and what my passion was that I got burned out from that as well because yeah. you don't track when you love it mm. that you're overdoing it yes. in, in that way and so it is finding that that rhythm isn't it and filling our own tank, tanks really yeah. self-care I think is you know part of this you know, being able to take care of ourselves and know, um, you know, when I once got this great piece of uh, advice, I used to do triathlons uh, way back. Now I just sort of do them for fun and sustain shape and all of that. Yeah. But in my competitive days, uh, there was somebody who said, you know, finish feeling like you could do more, finish your workouts feeling mm-hmm. like you could do more. And that's how athletes, endurance athletes will gain longev- longevity in their lifetime. And I apply that not just to sports now, but everything, you know, it's like finish feeling like you can do a little bit more versus finish feeling like you're completely exhausted and shattered and have nothing left. Right. That's not going to. That's very
0: interesting. Great advice. I like that. And then just speaking about self-care, because obviously, you know, working in the space that you're working in and, you know, with consciousness and medicine and all these different healing modalities, I suppose, what are some of your own, daily practices or steps that that you do to keep yourself you know well looking after yourself and grounded and connected and just to make sure that you're you're in that that space yeah I several things yeah Uh, Yeah.
1: I mean I think the first thing that's very important is to have boundaries Mm. meaning when I'm at work and in my office space for example I have it conditioned right where I walk in I'm in the space I can work but when I walk out I'm not going to walk out with my intuitive you know empathic antennas all the way out like I would if I'm in the office that's going to be too overwhelming for me out in the world so it's also about having those boundaries of being able to be in that space open space and then also be able to walk around in the world and you know be contained within myself that's when it was one of my first major learnings that's really served well um, I do yoga, uh, you know, I'm a meditative yoga instructor, so I do my own practice more so, you know, I teach yoga on my retreats more so than classes, but um, I have a yoga m- yoga practice, the breath practice, athletics, mm-hmm. I love sports, being out in nature, um, you know, I love to mountain bike and swim in the sea here in Greystones, so that for me is also an active meditation and yes. really connects me with the spirit of nature and you know so that really fills me yeah the things that really fill my existential tank if you will that's what I think self-care is you know um is what makes you happy what makes you yeah I'm so full of energy you know yeah um and then also on the physical level you know acupuncture is something I've been doing for decades really that really balances and keeps me you know keeps me nice and balanced and physical body work taking care of my spine taking care of the muscles yes um, I do Pilates as well, which I think is a nice metaphor for that core. You're working your core muscles, but you're also coming back within yourself deeply mm. and connecting your breath to movement. So, Fantastic. so that's my list off the top of my head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but,
0: no, I, yeah. I always find it really interesting, um, you know, to ask people because I think again, sometimes we get scared thinking, oh, self-care has to be expensive or it has to be something elaborate or something that takes a lot of effort. Whereas, you know, the likes of like, Connecting to my breath and being in nature are two of the most powerful ones for me as well. And like that, mm-hmm. they can be done in any moment, and they can, you know, they're free. Yeah, they're, and they're free. So yeah. powerful, and you know, again, it's just to have that awareness that you know, self care is that simple, and yet is that profound. That simply connecting with your breath, you know, really tuning in for two or three minutes, a couple of times a day honestly, like people often underestimate the, the power that that can bring as well. Again, in centering ourselves in, you know, being present and opening ourselves up. So I love that you have those mix as well. And then yes, absolutely. When you want a little bit more, you know, whether like you say, a, a treatment or a retreat, or you need a few days, go for it as well. But again, it's it's just getting curious and tuning into ourselves to actually see what we need at that time. Because It could be a two minute breath work and other times, you know, it needs to be five hour hike in nature.
1: And our body is our temple. You know, nutrition is another thing that I, uh, you know, love food and, you know, so everything in moderation, including moderation. Right. So but still, like I love my coffee, you know, Uh, but I do eat, you know, healthy, organic food, mostly vegetarian to vegan, depending Mm -hmm. on where I am in the world. Um, and that's the kind of food that makes my body work optimally. I'm not saying that's for everybody, but for me, I've tried all different kinds of eating, you know, studied nutrition over the years and all different kinds of eating, you know, ways, uh, and and I've tried them all. And this is the one that really works for me. So experiment around with that nutrition factor. Mm-hmm. There's not a one size that fits all. So, you know, the keto might work for somebody. Vegan might work for somebody yeah. else. Raw might work for somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Experiment around to see where your body really what your body really likes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's you know, it's not about labeling or having to stick to one trend or fad or whatever again it's like you say getting to know what works for you because we are all individual you know doing that exploration work and really noticing how different foods make you feel is powerful as well because nutrition is huge and I read something recently that you know food and nutrients are actually two completely different things you could be eating food well we all eat food but if it's all like refined and high carbs and you know there's no nutrient value in it our bodies aren't going to get the benefit because our bodies need the nutrients and the vitamins and the antioxidants and the phytochemicals to actually perform and to be at its best
1: right and it's, it also takes our digestive system to be able to absorb those nutrients yeah. i work you know some of the common things that i work on with everybody right you know the ancestral as we talked about before everybody's digestion to some level you know it's an ecosystem in there yeah, you know our, our microbiome it's called yeah. inside our bodies you know we have all kinds of things that help this our beautiful body temple run and When our digestive system is is not functioning optimally, you can put the best food in your mouth, but if you're Mm -hmm. not digesting it and able to pull the nutrients out of it, it's not going to really get you. Exactly. As far as you need to get, as well, so it's not
0: going to be assimilated mm-hmm. into your body. They'll just pass exactly. through. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, it's a like you say, it's a whole other area, and it's mm-hmm. so fascinating as well. um Well, our time is running um out. I can't believe I've just been so fascinated oh, by this fast. conversation. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but I know as well. um You're based in Ireland at restaurants, but I know you do retreats as well. um Do you run them in Ireland and abroad? Yes, yes, I run Amazing. them in
1: the. I think we'll start in May. I run them up in Glenmalure in County yeah. Wicklow in this beautiful valley up in the mountains. And we take over this beautiful lodge and wonderful uh, workshop space uh, and do the retreats there. Weekend retreats, Friday night till Sunday afternoon. This summer, I'll also be doing a five-day family constellation retreat over solstice in June. So that'll be a oh, Thursday yeah. to a Monday. Um, and then I run one-day workshops from Greystones and training programs as well. Amazing. Uh, from, from Greystones as well. And I just did a five-day Uh, family constellation retreat in bali uh, last month so going a little further afield so i can expect to see that happening probably next winter again and then also thailand i have my eye on thailand as well to do some over there as well so a little bit of a holistic holiday right
0: amazing it sounds absolutely idyllic (laughs) (laughs) well julie it's been an absolute pleasure and i will put all links up as well with the show but if people want more information um where should they go
1: uh, the website's a great place, uh, www.quantum-evolution.com. Yeah, and then you can get uh, my contact information uh, from there. Yeah, that's where all my list of events and everything happen. And so, and also if you want to be in my email list, you can, you know, send an email, juliequantum at gmail is my email. Uh, And that's how I
0: notify people from from
1: newsletters and things. So yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure for me as well. Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed it.
0: Oh, I really enjoyed it and wish you every success and um, who knows where we may meet at some stage. Yes, yes, definitely. I hope so. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Curiosity and Consciousness podcast with me, Karen Maloney. Be sure to like, subscribe and share the podcast if you have enjoyed it and also pop over to www.karenmaloneywellbeing.com and click podcast for all the show notes and links.